by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives, and because He lives, I can face tomorrow. You know, I know that He rescued my soul. Do you know that? And that's in the past tense. Rescued means he's already done it. So Jesus has taken care of our past. Say, because he lives. And then we sang that old song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. He's taken care of my past, and he holds my future. He's my rear guard and he goes before me in battle. How can we lose if, unless we don't fight? Unless we're asleep and don't realize that the church is in a battle. We're in a war. Wake up. I'm telling you, the devil's getting his licks in right now and he's thinking, they don't even know that I'm, I'm, I'm the one doing it. They don't even know it's a fight. Yes. But we have the victory because he lives. Say, because he lives. Today's message is entitled, Living the Resurrected Life. We want to live in the fullness made possible by the resurrection. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, If Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you're still guilty and in your sins. Well, praise God. I don't believe that I'm still in my sins. Because I know my Redeemer lives. And because he lives, he's washed away my sins. In verse 18, he says, if that was the case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. We might as well eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. We might as well live like the world, like there's no consequences if Christ be not resurrected. You say, are you preaching an Easter message today, Pastor? (laughs) Absolutely, every day. I'll preach it again tomorrow. Christ is alive, and he's alive in me. Hallelujah. That's good news. I don't care who you are. Except the devil. The resurrection gives us faith. Because I know that I'm trusting in the truth. Because I've never seen nobody else say I'm going in the tomb and in three days I'm going to get up. i never seen nobody do that. I know in whom I believed I have trust that he is able to keep that which I have entrusted to him. If he can roll away the stone and come out of the grave, what can't he do? He has overcome death, hell, and the grave for us. And so I can have great faith that I'm not alone in this struggle. I'm not alone down here. I have the power to overcome because he overcome. And the resurrection gives us hope no matter what I face. 
No matter what I go through down here in the valley of the shadow of death, if my life seems totally meaningless to the world, that's all right because I know he's going to make all things new in the end. He has already made all things new. It's just for us to walk in. Why not fight when you know you have the victory? Why not claim the prize? You only have to redeem it by faith. Say, because he lives. One day they might etch my name on a tombstone, but guess what? I won't see it. I won't be living under it. (laughs) Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Say, because he lives. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? We've already died to this life. And our current life is hid with God in Christ. We got a new life. We got an eternal life. Death don't scare a dead man. You see, if you're still trying to hold on to the things of this life, and you're trying to live for this world, then you're scared something's going to be taken away from you. But I've already given all that up for the kingdom of God. I've already died. I've already been buried in baptism with Christ and risen anew with new purpose and new design. This mortal has taken on immortality. This corruption has taken on incorruption. I'll not rot in the grave. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And neither will you. So what are you afraid of? Don't be afraid. The Bible says 365 times, do not fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Praise God. We need that more, that revelation more than ever right now. Because the whole world is afraid. They're not in their right minds. <laughs> and they certainly they let their love grow cold. But we're different. Look at your neighbor and say, we're kind of different. We're kind of different. Y'all, y'all remember in John chapter 11, the story that Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave? They had... Lazarus was the the brother to Mary and Martha, and they were all three Jesus' friends. And Lazarus got deathly ill, and so they sent word to Jesus saying, Come heal Lazarus. He's about to die. And by the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. But Jesus, nevertheless, knowing that he has power over death, hell, and the grave, said, Roll away the stone. Hey, well, whoa, Jesus. (laughs) And that's where we are. Whoa, Jesus, uh, does this apply to us? I mean, it looks good in the Bible, and I shout amen to it, but does it apply to me? By now, he stinketh. He's been dead four days. How many days were you dead before Jesus called your name and called you out of the tomb? Mine was a lot longer than four days, and I was thinking a lot more than Lazarus. I mean, I was filthy in the world. I was filthy. Nobody wanted to roll away that stone. Nobody could. But Jesus, he rolled away the stone. He had him rolled away the stone. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus laying there like a mummy in all those grave clothes. 
He heard the voice of Jesus. Maybe somebody's laying there stinking right now in the tomb of this earth, all wrapped up in the things of this life, sin and all this destruction. You stinking. And you sit there and you hear Jesus' voice calling you to something new. What if Lazarus wouldn't have come out? No, I'm just going to sit here. I'm used to this stench. It's more comfortable lying in here because if I go out there, the light might be all bright and my stuff might get exposed. People might laugh at me. And what if you never come out? But Lazarus came out. And Jesus told the disciples, loose him and let him go. Now, what if Lazarus said, no, 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 don't touch me. I'm going to do this by myself. He's done come out into the light. He's done heeded the voice of Jesus. Now, we got people like that. That have made Jesus the Lord of their life. They, they come out of the tomb of death. They come into the light, but they don't want nobody to touch them. I'm going to do this on my own. Or I don't even want to change. I like the way I smell. But Jesus is saying, you need people in your life. You, you need the church. You need somebody to help disciple you to unwrap all that thinking, thinking you got around your brain. Untangle this web of lies that we have believed over the years to set you free. You see, Jesus not only wants to save your eternal soul, but he wants to set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He, he came to set the captives free. And some of, some of us, and, and myself may be included, we still got patches of grave clothes that we need to get off. There's still areas that we need freedom from. And we're still living temporarily in this realm, in this world, right? In this kingdom. So there's always new stuff trying to attach itself to us. But... Hey, I got your back if you got mine. Angie, let me see. You got a little something on you there. Let me. Right? In love, we're trying to help one another. That's the Christian life. What if he wouldn't have come out of the tomb? What if he, if he wouldn't have let them take them grave clothes off? Then he would have never sat down at the table and ate with Jesus. And his life would have never been such a powerful demonstration of the power of God. Do you know the people that, they came to see Jesus, but they came to see Lazarus too. They were like, who's this guy that was raised from the dead? I got to see him. And I'd like to think maybe some of my old high school buddies might say, man, we need to go down to that Passion Church and see this because I don't believe this. That dude is preaching. And some people are saying, that girl is serving the Lord. That girl's off drugs now. That fellow ain't looking at pornography anymore. That guy's not living in adultery, but he doesn't got married. 
raising the family and teaching his children to serve the Lord and breaking generational curses. Are you kidding me? I got to come see the power of God's resurrection in this guy's life. And that's our life. This broken old vase, all the little cracks in me, but it lets the light shine out so beautifully. If I stay filled with the light of God. Is the tomb where you used to live? Or are you still getting mail there? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you got saved, but it seemed like if we need you, we got to still go look in the tomb to find you. You got to stay out of the tomb. You don't live there anymore. Some people pray the prayer. And there's no magic prayer. They, they say the prayer, but there's no change in their life. There's no three Ps. You remember last week we talked about the three Ps? And you're going to hear that term a lot because that's what we're believing for. God's presence, God's power, and God's people. And see, people say the sinner's prayer. And there's no change in their life. Are they saved? God knows. I don't. I only know that he tells me I judge a tree by its fruit. And if I don't see no presence of God in their life, I don't see no power of God in their life, and I don't see them hanging out with the people of God, what am I to assume? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Paul is telling us, look, there ought to be evidence would there be evidence enough to convict you of Christianity? What was that? Another angel got his wings. No, no. <laughs> I don't know who these angels are that don't have wings, but I don't think they're gods. Anyway, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, Paul saying, look, there needs to be a change in your life. It says, let him who stole steal no longer. That's the old you. But let him rather labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. In other words, your life is beginning to be about others instead of just yourself. So I don't like working. <laughs> yeah you do you've just been lied to work gives a man and a woman a sense of of a purpose we're all looking for purpose and when you begin to use what you do and use your resources to help others Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive you're starting to live the blessed life you know, self always implodes, man. Self will tear itself up. That's a miserable life. Only me and my four and no more. Christians can't move off to some compound in Wyoming and be happy. You're holding on to this life. You ain't holding on to Jesus' way. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for and necessary for edification, that means building up, that it may impact 
impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, you know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what clamor or malice was until I looked it up. But, you know, you can do that. You can look at the Word of God, and then you can look the words up and figure out. You don't have to just keep reading these things over and over and never understand them. So I looked up clamor, and it was just like loud noise, just screaming, hollering, just probably ignorance. You know what I'm saying? And then put away with all malice. I said, that doesn't sound godly. Malice is evil intent. But yes, God has evil intent against anger and bitterness and wrath and unforgiveness and all these things. He does have evil intent against those things. He puts it away. He's serious about putting those things away. And we ought to be too. And it says in verse 32, And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Here's a hard one. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Can people tell that you're living this kind of resurrected life? Do you need to put a bumper sticker on the back of your car for them to even know you're Christian? You're a Christian? That would be the worst thing you could ever hear. Really? You're a Christian? <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> Jesus said in John 14, 19, that because I live, because I live, you shall live also. Isn't that the life you want? That's the life that's been paid for. Say, because he lives. <laughs> you know, God has delivered us from the slavery of Egypt. Now it's up for us to go into the promised land. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Do you want to go back to Egypt? Egypt is a type shadow of the world. And we were slaves to the world. We were slaves to sin, slaves to the devil. But God is offering us a promised land. He's offering us a resurrected life. Not the bandaged up old life, but a new creation if you'll walk in it. But you know what you know what the Israelites did, even once they went into the promised land? The ones that went into the promised land they begin to slowly gravitate back to the grave of their ungratefulness. It says that when times were good, they forgot about God. And I see that all across the church. In fact, that's one of the things that upsets me, and, 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 then I, and I pray that never happens. And I fight against it because it's human nature. It happened to the Israelites, and it'll try to happen to us. That you know you were all jacked up. God called you out and he loosed you from those grave clothes. And then you're going to come out and do what? You're going to have a blessing in your life. You're going to have all these things. And, and God's blessing can't help but be upon you. But then when things get easy, you don't have, you don't have to worry about the house note no more. You don't have to pray, you know, every day about this or that. Things are just going good. That's when they forgot about God. And they begin to drift away, and I see it in the church. I see people who served the Lord 20, 30 years, 
being deceived in this time in which we live. You said, the Bible says in the end, even the elect will be deceived. Those who, who were once standing strong, haven't done all to stand. They were once in that place of the first love and would do anything for Christ and served him and maybe were faithful in a ministry for years and years and years, you know. But they've been lulled to sleep by this comfort which the world is now offering and by this I'm not going to go where I'm not supposed to go. But you know what? They, they always needed deliverance. Because you can't hold on to the promises of God with an ungrateful heart. God is life, and where he is is blessing. And if you're walking with God, you're living in life. That is life. That is, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the... And if you're walking with life, you have life. And you have God's blessing. But if you think, oh, I can stand on my own, I'm going this way, you're separating yourself from life and blessing. And you're going to get over on the devil's territory, and guess what's happened? The same thing that happened to you in the first place that he delivered you from. You're going back into the tomb. And they needed deliverance all the time. They needed somebody to come save them. God would send up Gideon or Barak or somebody, you know, some, always sending a uh, Samson, a deliverer to come deliver them when they would call out for him, when they would, would acknowledge. And they always needed a miracle. But you're going to miss the everyday power of God in your life if you're having to live from miracle to miracle. Now, it's not unusual for... Somebody walking close to God to need miracles in this fallen world in which we live. I understand that we, you need miracles. I need miracles. I pray for miracles all the time, mostly for other people, thank, thankfully. Okay, I believe in miracle, working power of God. But if your life is just going from one ditch to the next, miracle, need a miracle here, need a miracle for my finances, need a miracle for this, then you're not walking close enough with the everyday power that God provides. And last week we talked about the whole armor of God, right? You know what that is? That's your everyday clothing. That's that, that God's love is God's power. I don't, I don't want that to escape you or go over your head just because I'm talking. But the power of God is in the love of God. If you stay in the love of God, you're going to stay in the power of God. And that whole armor is an expression of God's love. It's not just something he wrote down. There are realities that keep you in the blessing, that keep you in the life. You know, that belt of truth, what does the truth do but set you free? The truth will set you free. It holds everything together that we believe. And you have the breastplate of righteousness. That's something so many Christians need to get a hold of. Oh, I'm just a sinner. And so they think of themselves as a sinner. So when sin, sin comes along, they allow themselves to fall back. That's what I do. I'm a sinner. No, you were a sinner, but you were saved by grace. You're no longer a sinner. Do you still sin? Well, 
If you say you have no sin, okay, I think church is over now. We're good. We're good. We just wanted to check that button to see if it works back there. I love our media department. You know, all our media department is here today. Give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hard workers. Well, where was I at before I interrupted myself? We're, we're no longer sinners. We're, we're, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're righteous in God's eyes. And that's important. So when the devil says, you might as well just sin because you're a sinner, you say, no, no, I used to be a sinner. You don't know who you're talking to. I'm the righteousness of God. It covers your heart, that breastplate. So you know who you belong to. And so when that condemnation hits, I, I deal with condemnation. I don't know about you. Where the devil's always telling you, you ain't good enough, you ain't, doing, you ain't reading enough. You ain't. I don't read to please you, devil. I read because I want to. I read the Bible because it's my life. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to earn God's love. I already have God's love. And you're a liar, devil. I'm already right with God. I'm not trying to get right with God. I, love, I serve him because I love him. And then you got the shoes of purpose, you know, to go preach the gospel. What does a man or a woman need in their life other than, more so than a sense of purpose? You know, the world, the devil fights hard to tell you that you came from pond scum that evolved into a monkey that really has no meaning or purpose in this life. There's no absolute truth. There's nothing. Else. You just were born at random, and you might as well just eat, drink, and be merry, and die. But that is so untrue. And that is the heartbreak of so many people that not find a sense of purpose. And then you got the shield of faith. And you're going to be able to quench all those fiery darts of the wicked. Everything, every th thought and imagination he throws at you, every situation, every hurdle, you got that shield. I know in whom I believe. I have faith. The helmet of salvation, I know I'm saved. You can't take that from me. I know that I know that I know if this building crashed in on me, as Brother Tom always says, I'm, I'll know where I'll be. Then the sword of the Spirit. 66 chapters of God's love, God's direction, God's knowledge, God's insight. A picture of Jesus and who I love. Just, this is, this is my life. And then prayer, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you realize what a privilege it is that we have the audience of the King of Kings any time we want? What if I had, I could walk in President Biden's office? I didn't even have to come in announced. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Bust up in the Oval Office anytime. Say anything I want with no fear. I could develop a relationship so close. And you can do that. You can come boldly before the throne of grace in your time of need. Or even if you don't need anything, 
In the resurrection life, I'm telling you, it's going to be a place where you don't need stuff all the time. I go boldly before the throne of grace just to sit there, to enjoy his presence. The blood of Jesus pronounced a blessing over our life, and it's better than what the blood of Abel says. You know, Cain killed Abel, and the Bible says that Abel's blood cried out for vengeance because of this great sin. But Jesus' blood cried out for mercy for us, despite our great sin. Galatians 3.13 says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. You understand, we're not to live under the curse. We're supposed to live in blessing. And I thought when I saw that scripture, I said, you know what? Let's take them back to Deuteronomy 28. I know it's Old Testament. It's the old co- part of the Old Covenant. But would you agree that curses in the Old Covenant, God still feels like they're curses in the New Covenant? And blessing in the Old Covenant, if God sees it as a blessing, it's probably still a blessing today. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 28. There's no other chapter in the Bible that, that spells what God wants for you out more clearly and what he doesn't want for you more clearly. Verse 1 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God, now now under the law you had to fully obey, but we're not under the law, we're under grace, right? But if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings If you obey the Lord your God, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Would that be important to you? The offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. He's saying, whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. Now, we don't access it by good works. We access it by faith in the New Testament. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. See you later, devil. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Man, I look around my house, I ain't got room enough to keep all the good stuff. How many of you are having to go to Walmart and buy more plastic bins to keep all the stuff under your bed that used to be yesterday's blessing so you have room for today's blessing? Seriously. And we walk around and moan and complain because I'm not rich as (laughs) so-and-so. We're entering into that valley of uh, unthankfulness. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he has given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish, establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. And they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, abundant crops. 
The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in heavens and bless all the work that you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I have given you today, if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. How many thinks that sounds good? I mean, that pretty much covers everything in your life will be blessed, 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 blessed. And then the rest of Deuteronomy 28, we're not going to read all that because there begins the curses for disobedience. But those are the things we used to live in, right? We're not under the curse. For Christ was made a curse for us. So then why are we still living under many of these curses? Because we're not by faith activating the blessing. Man, I hate to say it, but, you know, the curses in chapter 28 last about three times longer than the blessings. I mean, it gets some detail. And your homework is to go home and read the rest of Deuteronomy 28. I saw things in there that I'm still experiencing. I'm like, Lord, does not your new covenant, does not the blood of your own son cover this? You remind God of his word. You see what I'm saying? That's faith. You sit down and say, God, wait a minute. I'm experiencing this curse in my life. But Jesus, your own son, was made a curse for me. That I may not no longer live under the curse of the law, but under the blessing. When I was looking at some of these, mm, verse 27, the Lord will afflict you with bowls of Egypt. You know, it says the Lord will afflict you, and I believe to some degree, but do you know that the Lord doesn't really have to be involved for the, the uh, curse of sin to affect your life? It comes with its own built-in consequences. The wages of sin is death. So do you want some boils of Egypt? Woo, sounds good. What are we going to eat with that? Some tumors, some scurvy? You have a little itch from which you cannot be cured? The Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, panic. You will grope around in broad daylight like a blind person groping in the darkness. You will not find your way. You'll be continually oppressed, robbed continually. No one will come to save you because all the people you're hanging around are worrying about their own selves because they're under the same curse. You will be engaged to a woman, but another man will sleep with her. You will build a house, but somebody else will live. Do I need to go on? Go, go and read the curse. And then spend a little time thanking God that Jesus became the curse for you. Jesus bore this to set the captives free, to set us free from the curse of the law. Amen? We're, we're living with a trust fund, people. All these blessings are set aside for us. We're living with a trust fund. And all we got to do is trust and have some fun. Trust God. 
Jesus was resurrected to be the mediator of this new covenant. So all we got to do is come to Jesus and say, Jesus, your word says, and by faith I received. Hebrews 9.15 says that. Everything we need is available. We don't need to live like the prodigal son's brother. You remember that guy? He was in the house. He lived in the father's house, but he never enjoyed the blessings of the father's house. He never tapped into the father's love. And I don't want us to live like that. We should not be ashamed to be blessed. Angie often says, we need to lose some weight. I said, we're too blessed to be skinny. How could we be possibly be skinny? We got an icebox full of food. Cabinets full of food. I'm going to ask you a question. I guess everything is boiled down to this. What if you fully trusted Jesus' resurrection power in your life? Selah. That's the word used in the Psalms, which means... Pause and calmly think on this. Let me ask you again. What if you fully trusted Jesus' resurrection power in your life? What if you made every decision based on what Jesus wants you to do? What if you stopped trying to sit on the throne? Stop trying to argue with God? Things that you already know you shouldn't be doing. What, what if you said, All right. I'm going to get involved in the church and what you're doing, God. I'm going to get involved in expanding the kingdom. I'm going to tell people about I'm, I'm not going to be a closet Christian any longer. I'm not going to be embarrassed about the things of God. What if you stepped in to who you were called to be fully in 2022? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I mean, we can go on. You know, part-time Christians, all of us to some degree are, are holding something back. But what if the time is now? What if a great deception has fallen over the world right now? And people are falling out left and right. Wouldn't this be a good time to go whole hog for Jesus? Because he who endures to the end shall be saved. You say, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. But there's more to salvation than just heaven. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And you know what? These three things can only be found in a truly resurrected life. But if you have faith, you have hope, and you have love, then you will experience a resurrected life. You know what Jesus told Martha before he called Lazarus forth? He told her this unbelievable statement that I can't fully wrap my head around. Maybe you can. He said, she said, I believe that you, you know, one day you'll raise us from the dead. He said, I am the resurrection. How do you take on that statement? 
I am the resurrection and the life. How do you take ownership for resurrection and life? Because he is. He said, I am. I am that I am. And I am your resurrection. And I am your life. And guess what? It's in me. It's in your everyday love and interaction with me that you live the resurrection life. Fully resurrected. We have this one thing, you know, that I get to every Sunday as I remind you of your one thing. What are you doing right now to draw you closer to Jesus? And on the other hand, what are you doing that's, that's backing you away from life? Purposely or even unknowingly. What are the things that you need to give up so that you can come up? Jesus told Mary and Martha also, he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, say believe, that you would see the glory of God? Some of us want to see the glory of God and we come to the church or something hoping we may get a glimpse of the glory of God on other people's behalf. Maybe I'll just get to see something. Some of us are wanting to see so that we can believe, but it don't work that way. You believe so that you can see. The believing comes first. He said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Jesus calls us to a life of faith. He calls us to a life more abundantly, and he calls us, most important, that we know, understand this, to a life with him because he is the resurrection and the life. And the apostle Paul knew this in Philippians 3.10 when he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There it is in a nutshell. That I may know him and experience true resurrection. God bless. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you every answer that you need is in Jesus. Every resource that you need is in Christ. The fulfillment, the, the longing that your heart is looking for is in Jesus. And if you're in here today or in your own live stream and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life then you're dead spiritually and God wants to bring you a resurrection. He's calling your name. Come forth and put your name at the end of that sentence. Come forth. And all I want you to do right now is to hop up off of the, out of that tomb and come walking out and saying, I believe. Set me free. Take these grave clothes off of me. Give your heart to Jesus. Give you all of him. We often pray with people, but so many people have said that prayer like it's a magic prayer and there was no, no longing in their heart, no repentance in their heart. They just said some words and then they never experienced the three Ps. They never lived the resurrection life. And if you were in here today and you said that prayer and you've always told yourself, I hope I go to heaven because of that, you're not going to heaven hoping. 
You're going to heaven with faith in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and a heart of repentance. It's repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So just cry out right now, wherever you are. I'm not even going to lead you through it today. I'm just going to tell you, you just got to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe you are. And by faith, I receive you. And I repent of my sins. I give my heart to you. Close your eyes, everybody. If you're on a live stream, close your eyes. It may seem silly, but I don't care. Call on Jesus right now. And tell him, that he, tell him what it is that you need. Do you need to be saved? Then be saved. You need to be healed, be healed. He is the mediator of this new covenant. He possesses the words of eternal life and the blessing. He, he, the bountiful blessing that God wants for you is found in Jesus Christ. And he'll give it to you. Everything that you need. He'll give you the desires of your heart if you'll trust him. Take away everything, those grave clothes, that, that hurt, that disappointment, that unforgiveness that you're holding on to, heaviness, the fear, the anxiety about tomorrow, the broken heart. Why don't you trade it in by faith and dig deep into the treasury of Jesus Christ? receive your covenant blessing today. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.